Hi, I'm Wendy Merchant, founder and executive director of STEM Blazers, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. STEM Blazers is a nonprofit organization that works with middle school and high school girls to inspire them to visualize themselves in science, technology, engineering, and math. Today's episode is hosted by Katie Fur. Katie Fur will be speaking with Allie Spray. Allie is a civil engineer working in business development and community outreach. Allie shares her challenges as a Latina pursuing her interest in STEM from her time as a high school student, a college student, and ultimately translating her education from Mexico to the U.S. As you will hear, Allie has worked hard in her career. She has risen above these challenges and she has paved a successful path for not only herself, but all women, and especially of women of color, to provide them the opportunities to find their own success. Allie is a dear friend of mine, and she is one of the most generous individuals I know. Katie Fur and Allie talk about how difficult it is to be what you cannot see, and this statement is the foundation that STEM Blazers was built on. We are grateful to have such a fierce advocate as Allie for the STEM Blazers community. It is easy to be inspired by her. I know Katie Fur is, and I'm confident you will be too. I hope you enjoy their conversation. Hello everyone, I am Katie Fur Leon and I am a STEM Blazers alumni. I was in the South Metro chapter for the school year 2019-2020. I am currently volunteering with STEM Blazers as a take a year gap. STEM Blazers has opened up many doors and new possibilities for girls, including myself. Hi, Alejandra. How are you? Hi, Katie. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So I'm going to just start by um, asking you the first question. What is your title and what do you do at Mortensen? Well, my official title is Business Development Manager, Community Engagement. So pretty much it's a two-part job. Pretty much the business development is stay connected with our trade partners, consultant, architects, engineers, um, subcontractors, and all the people that I know in the industry to help us find potential opportunities, some leads to lead um, that will transform into projects and just have that relationship. The community engagement portion is a foster relationship with what we call in the industry minority certified firms. So minority women-owned small businesses, disadvantaged businesses, as depending on the certification they have, because they participate in public and private projects and is part of our culture as Mortson to help our communities by providing economic opportunities for these um, diverse companies to participate in large projects or medium-sized projects to grow their capacity and build wealth. And also stay in touch with associations that we belong to, to have representation, either sponsorship, panels, activities that we can also involve or uh, team members. So it's uh, like my kids will say, they pay me to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds like fun. Um, so how did you get involved with STEM? So my dad was a civil engineer. Um, he passed away 12 years ago, but I always was fascinated by he would come home with his blueprints and those that remember those blueprints were really blue mm -hmm. and they smell like ammonia, really strong smell. So he would show me uh, the drawing of a house and I would ask him, what is this? And he would tell me this will be a house. So it was hard for me to imagine from a piece of paper how it will evolve to a building. So when he took me and saw the final product, I was like, that's really cool. I always like math. Um, algebra was my favorite. 
So people will say, you would think, consider engineering. And when I was uh, expressed my interest to be a civil engineer like my dad, he right away said no, because construction is not for women. So that was a little, okay. Um, I was taken back for his response, but I said, okay, if you tell me more, no, then I wanted more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I hope there's some girls out there that when they tell you no, okay, then I will show you why I want it and I will show you yes. So I've been in construction for 25 years, um, finished my degree in Guadalajara, Mexico, where I'm from. Received my professional engineer certification uh, a year after I graduated from college. My dissertation was about how construction materials affect environment. This was 25 plus years ago. So we were already thinking about that. And that's pretty much the beginning of my story, how I got into construction. I also had a similar experience with you when I told my parents that I wanted to do engineering and go into the construction industry. They both looked at me like, what? Why? Um, Why do you want to do that? And I was like, well, if you're going to say no, then I'm going to want it more now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I remember even my my abuelita, Uh my abuelita, when I told her I was going to be an engineer, she shook her head and was like, oh my gosh, you're never going to get married. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, because at first I thought I wanted to be an architect. Mm -hmm. And I already have a tia and aunt who is an architect. So they're like, oh, another architect in the family. And I was like, oh, no, I want to do engineering. And I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, I thought about architectural, too. And I realized I don't have that vision for spaces and design. I was like, no, I'm a little more... I think analytical or something, but I try architectural and there was nothing else like, no, take me back to engineering. (laughs) Okay. How has your relationship with STEM changed from your childhood up until now? I, when I was in my, even my high school years, there was not really much support. Like you guys are fortunate to have that. There was no, I didn't even have a female teacher that I could relate uh, the professional women in the industry, they were few in between and they were not really accessible to connect with. You will see them after you were done in your career. So it has evolved to be like, um, I would say something like a dream that I want to be an engineer was more like a dream and a, maybe even an obsession at some point. But it was not like I have a mentor, um, a network of support, a role model to follow through. So it was challenging to see that when you're coming, it's also Mexico's, you know, so yeah, known people that is a really male country. So mm-hmm. when you are in construction in Mexico, they put you in the administrative or secretary role because that's what they see a woman in a construction site doing. Mm-hmm. So it was challenging from not having somebody that I could relate or I can ask for guidance. And I even remember a a teacher in college, my surveying teacher, he suggested I should try being a wife instead of being an engineer. Oh, my. And I said, well, you know, I I don't like to cook and I don't like to do ironing, so I'm going to stick with engineering. So there were some challenges that didn't really support you back then. Yeah. Um, To now see what the opportunities like uh, STEM Blazers offers uh, young students is it's so exciting to see because just because I went through that path doesn't mean that students have to go through that. Actually, it's the other way around. We want to see them supported. We want to see them uh, succeed. 
and we want to be that support for them too. So it has evolved to there was nothing to now it's like, wow, all these opportunities. So, yeah. That's good. And I was going to touch base on um, how your your education journey being in the in, in the engineering field as a female and with in Mexico where the machismo is very prominent. Yeah, it was interesting because we only have three uh, females in my senior year of high school pursuing engineering. And in my college years, we were two groups of uh, engineers. It was one female with 25 classmates. So again, it was trying to do even homework. I remember we have a test, a concrete test, and the teacher said, take it home, work it overnight and figure it out and come back next day. So everybody's gathering together, going to somebody's house. So I have to call my mom and say, I have to go and do this test at my friend's house. And she knew all of them were male. So she was all worried. Why are you going to a guy's house? And that's not right. You have to come home and stay the night here. And I was like, mom, I need to finish my test. And so it was challenging also for my family to navigate this. And again, when I graduated, all the jobs they were offering as an entry level, it was like, okay, you can be the admin person in the job site. You keep all the paperwork. And that was frustrating because you want to prove that you know and you're not there to just keep records of everything. I finished my degree. I did my dissertation, my thesis. And when I moved to Colorado, I found out that I have to go back to school or transfer some credits and shadow an engineer in order to make that validation, which it was frustrating to learn that after five years with your dissertation dedicated to something that you love, didn't really translate of you cannot do the same thing coming here. Yeah, I I bet it was really hard to transition from Mexico to the U.S. um, as a STEM profession. Mm -hmm. What else? was challenging throughout that process? Oh my God, the language, you know, um, I'm from Mexico, Spanish, English was my, uh, I studied English in, co- in high school and college. So it's not like I didn't know the language, but even learning the, the construction techniques was something unique because mostly in Mexico is more brick and mortar. So it was just hard to in, in understand the process here from uh, the tomatoes that you have to put to approve the materials that you're going to put in the project, the operations manuals, the processes were really challenging. So when I applied for a job as a project engineer, they asked me if I have experience with that construction process, which I didn't because, again, I had never been in a construction project in the United States. So for me to even learn the terms, the process, the language, the technical uh, technical language, the acronyms, everything, it was just like, you know, when people already knew it because they have been in school and they have been exposed to that. So I feel like I was five years behind and uh, trying to understand and try not to look dumb, you know, because I'm like, yes, I know construction, but it's different because there's so many techniques. So that was another challenge to learn how things get built here, especially safety. Safety is not that important in Mexico uh, and here, you know, priorities and safety. So, wow, that was another awakening, <laughs> seeing the safety techniques. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Over in Mexico, they're not, there's no harnesses. There's no guardrails. I remember I sent, I was on, on vacation one time and there was, they were building a hotel next to my 
where at the hotel I was staying and I sent pictures to our safety director of all the, the what they were doing and he almost had a heart attack people <laughs> not wearing hard hats working right. close to the edge not tightening uh, yeah. not wearing gloves not wearing goggles using ropes to lift stuff from the ground all the way to the fifth floor he was like you're killing me here and I'm like yeah that's how things get done here oh my yeah. so it was completely different a whole new world Completely different. The only world, and mostly to prove to people that because you don't have your references here, yeah, that you you went through your schooling, trying to prove yourself after you know I was working already when I graduated college, so trying to start from zero and trying to to prove yourself to people that you knew what you have learned in this construction math is the same, you know, use the techniques and asking people, I'm willing to learn if you're willing to teach me. You know, and but it's kind of hard when you're after college just to say that, you know, yes, I, I don't know what's going on. But if you teach me, I will learn. Uh-huh. But that's another hard thing that you another pill that you have to swallow your pride of saying, I don't know that, but I, I want to learn it. Yeah. So um, I, w- I want to ask as a Latina in STEM and in the construction industry, what challenges have you faced and what got you through those hardships? Um. I remember when I moved here, people asked me how I felt being a minority. And I think they meant being Latino. And I say, I have never felt minority because being in Mexico, I was the majority. <laughs> but the only, always, I have always felt as a, as a minority. <laughs> I mean, the minority was this exchange student coming to study in our class. <laughs> you know, that was the minority. But the only minority label I have always have is being a woman in this industry. And, you know, you don't see many Latinas in these um, roles. Um, Mortenson, we're fortunate to have a lot of women in management and the field supervisory, but it's still there's a handful of women in a management position. And I think it's not because of the lack of it, interest. It's more about we don't see them. We don't believe that it's possible. So if I can inspire a Latina to say it's possible, you might have to earn your stripes, definitely. But if you, I can inspire you that you can get to this position, I feel like I have done my job. That's beautiful. Um, so thank you, Alejandra, for answering those first few questions. We will now take a quick break and come back with some more questions. Hi, it's Wendy. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Did you know that for as little as $10 a month, you can support a high school girl to participate in the STEM Blazers program for an entire school year? We couldn't do our work without you. Your generosity will create the opportunity for a student to build a network with inspiring women working in STEM, attend field trips, and participate in mentorship and job shadow experiences. To hear more about the STEM Blazers impact, please visit us at www.stemblazers.org impact. To join our giving program, just scroll to the bottom of the page. Thank you so much to all of our donors who are helping us with our mission and our work with the next generation of young women. Now let's get back to the conversation. Okay, now we're back. <laughs> so what misconceptions are out there about STEM careers? Ah, I think we have heard it and we're still hearing, you know, STEM uh, careers are for men because, you know, math and all this, the careers, the opportunities. So, you know, it's, I think at this point there, there is more dismystifying that concept. But at the beginning it was like, it's just for men 
you know, you're going to have a hard time. Nobody's going to support you. Um, so I think right now it's just, you know, we, we see the women, we are almost 50% of the population. We hear that we need more talent. So why we don't stop saying this is a male in, um, careers and say, you know, we just need the talent, people they want to do this, that they're passionate about it. So let's just remove that barrier that there is not really a male career if you're really willing to put the work, willing to put the effort, because it's not even about being smarter than anybody. It's about just wanting to learn and wanting to be eager to learn from those around you and be open to be mentored and, and being helped sometimes. That, yeah, that's true. It, I think... It'll be. It'll help us all a lot more if we don't see it as something that it's it's a male career. Women shouldn't be able to do that. It's something that everyone, no matter your gender, should be able to do. And it's hard also when girls hear that you know they feel like because they're smarter or good at math or good at science or good at technology, they make them feel like what's wrong with you? Are you a nerd? Are you a geek? And let's also remove that barrier that. There's nothing wrong. Embrace if you learn uh, algebra calculus faster than somebody, you know, it's nothing to be labeled because it's a gender specific uh, girl that is smart. is something to be proud and embrace it. And it's not about, oh, you're a geek, so no guy is going to date you or you are smarter, so everybody's going to snap you. It's not about that. So I think it's another thing that we have to, to help our young students, females, and say, you know what, embrace that thirst of learning, uh, that, yeah. I guess, ability to learn math, ability to learn science, ability, anything. So for me, it's also saying, you know, girls are, they have to be smart, but not smarter than a man. I'm like, stop with that. Yes. Stop it. Okay. How did you get involved with STEM Blazers? And can you talk about your involvement? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. And going memory lane. Has been, I say, five years ago. Somebody invited me to an event hosted by Colorado State University. They were having a group of students come into one general contractor's office, and we were building with blogs and talking about construction. And that's how I met Wendy. And she told me about what Girls in STEM, it was known then, uh, what admission and what the work that she was doing. So, of course, I got interested. So I asked her to keep me in the loop for anything that she could think I could help her. And after that, she emailed me about opportunities to involve, get involved in career fairs, uh, coming in school and talking about uh, what construction is about. And so then we have the golf tournament, the mocktail. So every event she invited me, I went. And my involvement goes from volunteer to recruiting people that she needs speakers or people that she needs to be introduced or other people that we need to connect and more females that want to participate. So I will say I'm just pretty much the jack of all trades for her, whatever she needs, I'm, I'm there to support her. So I don't know, there's an official title, but it's like, I, 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 at one point I want to be in her board advisory council to help with that. So from all that, See, I have been involved for five years. You've been involved with Stumblazers for a while now. From your perspective, how has it changed? Oh, since I moved to the United States, when you didn't see many women in any, I mean, there wasn't, there were few of them, but they were not making the news, so they were not being highlighted. 
So it's again, yeah, yours another job, but now STEM Blazers also gives the opportunity for a professional woman with podcasts like this to tell our story, to also bring us in the, in the light to help other students to pursue this. We always say girls can be what they can see. So just seeing more women coming in the light and getting connected with other women, they're doing great job in careers. They have been always a challenge. So I've seen that change. I'm also seeing the change of, you know, we're having our voices being heard or being raised louder to be heard. We're here and we're going to make an impact. So I'm, I'm seeing that also. I'm seeing men also embracing, you know, we are part of this, um, the solution of this problem and we need more talent. So I'm also seeing men being more open to, we need women in these industries. I mean, all the STEM career fields. We're seeing them more as advocates and allies. I'm seeing more women being collaborative, working together and helping more students because it's not that they didn't want to, they didn't know how to. And there were not opportunities like STEM Blazers of connecting those dots from professional to students. Why should more women go into the construction industry? It's one of my favorite questions to answer. You know, we talk about the equity, disparity in equity and, you know, salary gap. So, you know, we have learned the construction it still has disparity, but it's one of the industries that provide a closer gap in um, your salary. So for $1 a man makes, a woman earns, a woman earns 95, seven, 95 cents to the dollar. And this is by the Women in Construction Association. It's not just Ali making this number. So it provides that women um, in construction, we recognize the talent that women bring. So we provide that opportunity to make as much as a man earns. And for women, they are the sole provider for their family. It gives them an opportunity to build their wealth, to provide for their family and stability. Also, for women, they're interested to also pursue a vocational as an electrician, as a plumber, as a carpenter. You know, we need that talent and construction companies know it. So they're willing to pay for your talent appropriately. So it's not like we need you, but we'll pay you whatever we need to pay you. We need you and we'll pay you good to stay with our company and keep growing. So for me, it's just to tell the woman, either if it's in a management or in a trades job, you will make a career, you will make a living and you will provide for your family. That's amazing. I'm glad that the construction industry is recognizing the talent and the need to have women Okay, so now it is the time for the rapid-fire question round. Oh, boy. I will ask you a series of questions, and you will answer them as fast as you can. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Okay, so the first question. What is the best class you have taken? Algebra. What type of environment do you like to work in? I like to be around people. Uh, I love seeing my team. I need to talk to people, even as it's, it's a six-foot six distance. I don't care. If you put me in a cubicle by myself and not people around me, I get depressed. I just need to be around people. I'm a social person. You're like a social butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, coffee or tea? Tea. Describe yourself in a hashtag. Hashtag crazy human. Who is your female STEM icon? And my son, a cliche, but once I saw that movie, Hidden Figures, and maybe they glorified them, but that's what movies do. But Katherine Johnson, it was, and, you know, her counterparts, I forgot their, men, their names, but, you know, those women that were able to stand up to 
science and NASA, they felt like they were the best thing next to sliced bread, like they said, to stand up and say, you know, we are smart as you guys. So since I watched that movie, it's one of my favorites. And I have my daughter to watch it with me because it's just that empowerment to say, you know, not only as a woman, but as a woman of color. What are three things you cannot live without? Okay, the three things I cannot live without is my children, Nicole and Alexander. That's counting as one because they come in pair. Uh, the second will be dark chocolate. And third, lately, is my reading glasses. <laughs> what is the best compliment you have ever received? Oh, that's, that's hard to talk about yourself. Then I'm a caring person that I care about people. That's good. What is a book that everyone should read? Oh, there's two books that I always say define me. One in high school is called Momo by Michael Ende. He's the creator of the never-ending story. But this book is about an orphaned girl. that she Everybody loves her because she listens to people and talks to everybody. But one day the gray men come to her town and start telling people, don't talk to people. You have to save time so you don't have time to talk to people. Me social. So it was her task to save her town from all these gray men and her quest of making people realize that the best time you can spend is to learn about each other. So that was in high school. In my professional life, I read Lean In by Sheryl Sandberger. And that book helped me understand how my professional and my personal life blend together and what steps I needed to make in order for me to, sometimes things don't go your way. But that doesn't mean that you have to throw a tantrum and be disappointed. Mm -hmm. You just have to learn from those mistakes and move on. So that was um, my life changed a lot when I, I, I finished that book. They sound like amazing stories to read. What's your favorite life hack? You know, I like to make a list of things of how my day is going to go. What are the things that I need to accomplish? But one thing I learned too is to be flexible. Things happen, things change, and sometimes your list is not going to be the priority and you have to embrace that everything is going to be okay. Don't need to panic, don't need to stress. It's like I told my kids, unless somebody's caught on fire, then we'll figure that out. But, you know, things you can be flexible. So I think it will be to be open and be flexible. The things, life throws you curveballs and you just have to learn how to adapt them and take them and prioritize them because there's not really a life Work balance is about finding the priorities every day because they change every day too. And lastly, this is a question we ask all our guests. Standing where you are now, what advice would you give to your high school self? I will go back to myself and say, keep grinding. People are going to tell you no. But find ways to, to find the yes. And don't worry about it. Things will work out. And just being who you are, true to yourself, and never forget to pay it forward. Okay, thank you so much, Alejandra, for coming on today and talking with us. Stem Blazers appreciates all the work that you do, and we are so glad that we had you today. Well, thank you, Katie. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you to Emily, who's doing the producing for this. So thank you. Thank you for embracing me in the Stem Blazers family, which is, keeps growing and keeps being amazing. So thank you for this opportunity and for being interested in my story, mostly. <laughs> no, yeah, you have a really interesting story. Thank you, listener, for joining us on this episode of STEM Blazers. Next week, we will be speaking with a new professional. To learn more about STEM Blazers, to donate, or to get involved, please visit us at stemblazers.org or follow us on Instagram and 
Facebook as STEM Blazers. 